0: The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded October 5th, 2018 during Up and Downtown Festival. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hey, hello there, and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio for the Cups and Cakes Network. My name is uh, Sean Newton. Today we have with us in studio Language Arts, uh, hailing from I guess uh, either Nova Scotia or Toronto. Both answers seem to fly here. I well,
2: think. we live in Toronto, and two of us are from Nova Scotia. Oh,
3: okay, I'm from Edmonton, but I live in Toronto. Yeah.
1: And uh, I guess we may as well grab some names here
3: too while we're at it.
2: Yeah. So I'm Kristen Cudmore. I play guitar and sing in Language Arts, and I'm from Nova Scotia.
3: Perfect. And I'm Chris Pruden, and I am from Edmonton originally, and I play keyboards. Perfect. So uh, I guess
1: geographically, how did that come about? Because I guess, yeah, a lot of you guys are from fairly disparate parts of Canada.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I was living in Toronto and playing with Neil McIntosh, um, who's the drummer. Okay. And he he's involved in the jazz scene quite heavily because um, he works at the main jazz venue called The Rex. Okay. Yeah. And he plays in a, lots, a lot of bands. Um, he went to the Jazz School Humber and okay. through the network of great musicians that are in Toronto, um, he kind of kept going on about how amazing Chris is and so that's how how Chris became involved in language nice. arts I don't how did you know Neil?
3: Um, I, I, I play with I used well I still play with a um, uh, singer Nick Teehan okay who's uh, based out of Toronto and Neil's in that band and then you know there's lots of incestuous uh, relationships in Toronto for bands it's like everyone plays yeah. in each other's band and yeah it's, uh, so it but it, I, I really like that it's it's really nice. Cool. It's like it's a pretty tight community. I Even mean, though it's a pretty big city, it, it feels really small and supportive. Did
1: you start at the McEwen program possibly? I was, yeah. Oh. Okay. I did that's, go to McEwen. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. Oh, cool. So sweet. New building's really nice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I've been to it. It's crazy. It's so huge. Yeah, it's it's kind of like. There was this old building that was just this kind of gross, carpeted, bright orange—it just insane. Sixties,
2: seventies vibes. Yeah, Yeah. it
1: was—it was was kind of great in its own way. But uh, there's a very nice new facility that is very concrete.
2: That's nice.
3: A
1: little cold. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I do prefer like there's you know just because I grew up there, it's like that's I'm always gonna prefer that dank uh, kind of darker (laughs) uh, orange building. Yeah. I uh, love
2: the I love university styles because they're all they all seem like they are decorated in the 60s and 70s yeah. and stuff, and you're just kind of <laughs> going through like these curvy, twisty halls, and you know it's like you're back in time. And, yeah. You know, if you went to the same school your parents did or whatever, you can kind of envision yeah the generations of people before you that were going there.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. I had spent some time at the uh, the U of T, like the music building that they have there. It's crazy. It's just like this very old, strange building.
2: So, uh, Patrick O'Reilly, who's in our band as well, he plays guitar and he uh, is from Toronto originally. He teaches at U of T. Okay. So when we were leaving to come here, uh, for up downtown festival, he was, he, uh, he lives a bit further from where we, we live on the West end of the city. He lives okay. on the East end. Gotcha. And so he's like, I'll just sleep in my office.
1: <laughs> so
2: we pick Pat up at U of T's music on uh, faculty <laughs> offices yeah. in the morning. Like we had to fly out at three in the morning. The morning,
1: so
2: it was, or like we had to leave at three in the morning to get to our flights. Yeah, so it was a it was a bright and early, Yikes. <laughs> rough and tumble day.
1: <laughs> uh, so so do you have a, a, a fair amount of background in like the jazz type stuff as well, no. or is that a lot of? Oh
2: okay. no, I went to Acadia University in uh, Nova Scotia. Okay, and I studied classical guitar. So gotcha. I'm like the one person when they're having a conversation about. Like I know all the names of people, but I have I don't know who they are when they're talking about all the musicians they play with and that they know. Yeah. Um. Because the jazz world is what Chris and Pat and Neil all studied right. and work in. They're they're all working musicians, and I'm in the classical world. So it's a right. it's a real good chance for me to learn how to um, jump in and try new things. I'm not so great at it, but you know, like my whole teaching was put a page in front of me and I play that, what's on the right. page. If you pull the page away, I kind of feel like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what to play now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, it's it's a different mentality completely. For sure. Um, but it's nice to have the exposure to it even. Like last night, for example, when we were playing in Calgary, um, we were playing so hard that like the plug of my vocal line kept yeah. coming out. <laughs> And I was like, my vocals were just gone. Yeah. And so I'm looking over at them, trying to flag down the sound guy. Meanwhile, they're just vamping. They're just continuing the song, and it just doesn't take away from the experience for the audience, which is yeah. great because I'm fixing my vocal pedal, they're continuing the show, and it just makes the night so much better. And like, that's the kind of stuff that makes playing with jazz pieces <laughs> so great, you know?
3: Right, I was and, like, yeah. Oh, sorry, I to no, interrupt. I, I always love when, like, scene shows like that, when, like, shit hits the fan, and it's like, how are they gonna <laughs> deal with it? You know, that's that's what I love in live shows. Like, oh, the laptop broke. Now they're screwed. Yeah. Here and, we go. Yeah. yeah, and often it makes the song a lot better. Like, I remember that song yeah. was like, we were like, oh my god. For a long time, and then when like the last chorus came in, it's like that was awesome, it was like almost better, yeah, in yeah. some ways.
2: And then everyone started cheering because they were part of this, like you know, we went off the rails and then we came back on the track again. But it felt like we had the audience with us because they were like, Where are the vocals? Like, looking like you know, yeah. they, and I'm like, La, la, la they're just
3: gone, <laughs> tension and release moment, yeah. In the music. yeah,
2: yeah, and that's what it's all about, really,
1: right. Uh, do you do you find because I know uh, I think it's it's Abel Island where I was crawling through Bandcamp descriptions. Yeah, sure. Uh, talking about uh, you know writing over the course of a long time spent touring and traveling. Uh, is there stuff like that like that from shows that uh, kind of just like accidental uh, things that happen that have made their way into recordings or have kind of had those ideas transformed into the final product?
2: not really in that way but yes um so basically when we were touring with abel Island we were uh w- we were we were touring the album and making it at the same time right and so when we got to Edmonton um that was our best gang vocals audience so right. at the end of the night after each show we had a gang vocals part in one of the songs um with me and we were like why don't we just like blast it out of the back of the a- um the, the van speakers right. and we'll plug in a bunch of mics through some preamps and stuff that we've got set up and we lined a chord into the venue and we were just singing in the alleyway with right. everyone that was at the show or in the middle of the venue right after the show finished. That's what we did in Ottawa. Every place we found a different spot to do it. Okay. And so at the end of the day, we had like hundreds of voices just singing with me Yeah. and it was great because you know, it, it, every time I hear it, I f- feel a little bit of those experiences from the record. Um, And the other thing that's funny is when we were recording that album, there were times where we were like, let's just try and get like this vocal track on this one part or this guitar track on this or whatever and we were staying at um, one of our bandmates' houses in Saskatoon at the time Um, we were playing with a guy named Soren and he, hit Soren Neeson I I know Soren. Yeah, he's lovely. And so his mom was like, you guys can set up downstairs in the basement, it'll be great. So we go down in the basement, we get everything set up we're going to hit record and we tell her like, because there's no door, it's just kind of a twisty turny thing. Yeah. So we go to record it and like we're using a condenser mic which picks up every footstep every sniff of the dog you know that right. you can get in the house and so she's like oh be quiet and then the minute we go to hit record she's vacuuming and she turns on the dishwasher <laughs> and we're like whatever let's just go for it and yeah. we did it and in the background there's his mom vacuuming <laughs> dishwashing <laughs> and in Nova Scotia you can hear the storm coming down through the windpipe of the stove and it's just right. like You know, a lot of people would be like, oh, that doesn't sound pro. But, you know, your environment is a huge part of your record. And we wanted to have Canada in the record. So we started in the East. We worked our way to the West. We worked our way back into the center of Canada. And the whole record was kind of put together, you know, in different places.
1: Because I noticed too, yeah, a lot of the recording that you guys have done is in Vancouver, which... Uh, it was mildly surprising just because, yeah, it's a lot of East Coast kind of stuff.
2: Well, I used to live in Vancouver before uh, I moved to okay. Toronto. Gotcha. It was like eight years ago now. But gotcha. it was, um, you know, this band has been together for a long time. Yeah. Um, but it, it, uh, without discounting all the musicians that played with me the most permanent feeling the most homey belonging feeling that i've had with the band is this this group now that we have yeah it's like it makes sense um we get each other like i know that if i forget and play the wrong song in a set like get the numbers mixed up or you know someone someone else does something that right. there's going to be no problems we're just going to Go with
1: it yeah you yeah. can kind of adapt and-
2: yeah there's no weird faces going like <laughs> yeah yeah uh,
1: so what is, i guess what is the current lineup then of people
2: so the current lineup is me <laughs> 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 <Hey>. well,
3: <laughs> go ahead chris <laughs> <laughs> who are you uh, oh chris pruden that's that's me uh <laughs> and neil McIntosh and drums who's the longest yeah ever. And you're so you're playing bass. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing yeah. I'm playing synth bass. Oh, cool. and some some rhythm keyboards. <laughs> and then Patrick O'Reilly yeah. on uh, guitar.
2: And then yeah, me on guitar. Yeah, so it's good. I, I really like this group. We all get along really well. We we know each other's patterns and rhythms and stuff. So yeah, makes sense.
1: Is it, is it mostly then uh, the same people playing on the record that you guys have coming out? Is it kind of the same yeah. crew?
2: Yeah, it is. A lot of it because, like, without getting too heavy, the record was recorded during uh, my recovery from a brain injury, which is still ongoing. Yeah, um, And so with that and the fact that, you know, Chris was in Europe for a while and, you know, Neil, Neil and I had just kind of found Pat we were all kind of scattered and so right. I just kind of started and I was like you know I can work on my schedule I, I don't have the wherewithal to try and coordinate logistics of everyone's schedule so I'm just going right. to start all of the pre-production I'm just going to start it all and I'm going to bring them what I have as we go and they're going to have their parts figured out as we go and right. and then when the day comes to, to do the sessions we'll, we'll book it then but a lot of the record it was just done like over a span of two years.
3: Right. Okay.
2: Yeah, because I can't, I can't really sustain a long, full. You know, it's it's the yeah. the, the amount of stimulation I can handle is is minimal, <laughs> which sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I mean, yeah.
2: But it's it's the new normal for me, so right. I have to learn to accept that. Yeah.
1: I guess too, because generally, like all of the albums that I have heard of, your guys are like pretty drastically different between them uh like the the first one has a real like a much jazzier feel actually weirdly enough it might just be the upright on a bunch of those tracks but Mm -hmm. do you feel as as if you're going into another thing that is kind of its own uh its own sound at least for this
2: yeah, yeah, definitely. I think every record is a different sound, and that's the whole point. Like, I right. why make the same thing over and over again? Beat, you know, that sound into someone's head. Like, I want to be able to bring different sounds, you know. The first one, you're right, it's kind of jazzy, kind of hip-hop. Because at the time, I was really inspired by, like, you know, diggable planets. And, right. But then, like, the soft voice of, like, you know like a, like the female kind of Suzanne Vega Tom's Diner kind of stuff yeah. like you know the that that 90s kind of hip hop that was sweet and innocent and it didn't it wasn't about <laughs> money and drugs and yeah. and like the b word for girls and stuff it was about having a good time and feeling good about yourself and your community right and so then it went from that to like the next record which was just really eclectic and kind of like um I tried to make it more of a... Um, I don't even know how to explain it. Just... Um, I guess it just had more of that indie sound that you, yeah. that was happening at that time, which was in 2009. And then the third one was Wonderkind. So the first one was just self-titled. The second one was uh, Where Were You in the Wild? The third one was Wonderkind. And that one gotcha. was more cinematic. Um, and that one was recorded with... Um, Uh, Daryl Newdorf and he did like um, Nico Case and a bunch of people like that, Sarah McLaughlin and that one you know, that one while I was recording that one a friend of mine passed away another one went missing and was turned up murdered it was really a heavy time yeah. and trying to focus on making a record that like it was the first one I was doing in a proper studio right. it was really intense so it came out being really cinematic there was string quartets there was stuff like that right and then able island was you know around the time where I was like holy shit i'm in my 30s and like what am I doing where do I belong what am I doing with my life and so each it's like you're just watching me grow up yeah. Essentially, They're
1: kind of time capsule moments, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and when
2: I look back, I'm embarrassed by some of the... Like, the first one is a joke to me, but at the same time, I was like, that's who I was then. Right. You know, and it it's there forever, you know. Few people know about it, whatever. I'm not going to dwell about it. But, like, it's who I was at the time, so I can't be ashamed of that. Right. Um, And now with this one, it's like I'm capturing a time frame where I... Got hit by a drunk driver and had this experience of trying to like rebuild my life and and like try and relearn how to see properly and and do things properly. And during a lot of that time, Chris was in Europe. So when he came back and said he was coming back, we were just like, "Yes, it's the perfect time. We're (laughs) doing this. You're gonna be on it. Yes." Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, it yeah, it's essentially a time capsule of my life and yeah. I'm not going to have babies, you know, I'm not going to do any of that. So yeah. I'm like, to my parents, I'm like, here's your new baby. Here's your new yeah. grandchild. Yeah. You know, <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: and with with that, I think we're probably going to move on to the uh, rapid fire stuff. So it's just basically a bunch of kind of fun, goofy questions. And we can Whoa. have a fun time.
2: Let's do it. it. Here
1: we go. <laughs> uh, coffee or tea?
2: Tea. Coffee. <laughs> it's not good to talk to Chris in the morning before his coffee too much. Yeah, you know yeah. he has a lower tolerance until yeah. his coffee.
1: Certain amount of talking is okay. Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah,
2: yeah. You just gotta keep him mellow. <laughs> yeah. And then when you find the best cafe and he gets like that coffee that has the taste, it's like yeah. he's in a great mood.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything you know really yeah, comes together.
2: Everything comes together. Yeah.
3: Uh,
1: cake or pie?
2: Ooh.
3: That's hard for me because I only like one type of cake. That's like the cake my mom makes, like the poppy seed cake. Okay. That she makes for like my birthday. (laughs) So if it's that. He's excited
2: to see his mom.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I hope she made this cake. Can you release this early so she gets the message? (laughs)
1: Cake
3: Chris's mom. Yeah.
2: I'm a cake person, I think too. I love pie, but my mom makes a mean chocolate cake. Yeah
3: also when i went to germany i kind of realized that cake is really happening and i, I and i haven't like had good that much good uh, cake experiences in, in canada yeah.
2: yeah they make killer cakes yeah. okay yeah Kuchen. <laughs> Ooh,
1: yeah travel tips there yeah. you go uh is there an album that kind of like sparked your love of music
2: there's an artist for me yeah go not for it. i can't pick an album by this artist because there's so many good ones stereo lab
3: i can't think of anyone right now. um there's so many
2: Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> right, Chris? Yeah, definitely Dave Matthews. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> uh,
3: but actually, yeah, my dad was really into Dave Matthews growing up. Maybe Peter Gabriel. Um, growing up, my dad listened to Peter Gabriel a bunch in the car. And yeah. And that was pretty sick.
1: It's funny. I've gotten that kind of answer a few times. Just the, like, yeah, whatever my parents were playing at the time. Like, mm-hmm. I remember a lot of, like, kind of like, like John Lennon solo stuff that way. Just because eh, my mom just played it yeah. all the time. Totally.
2: Peter Gabriel has a nice connection to our band, too. Oh, what's that? Um, so the person that produced this record that we just did yeah. built his studio. Oh. And I met him through writing songs at Peter Gabriel's studio for this international songwriting, writers thing. Yeah. And like a symposium, I guess. And, um... I made friends with his current producer there, okay. and when I came back, he was like, you gotta meet David Bottrell, yeah. he's the best, he, we call him DB,
4: Yeah.
2: and he is the best, and we, I sent him some music, and he's like, let's do it, yeah.
4: so, yeah, he so, he is the best, <laughs>
2: he was heavily involved in So, which is probably one of the records that yeah. got you excited.
4: Exactly. So it's kind of
2: nice to like full circle it, right?
1: Yeah. 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 To come back around in that way. That's nice. Yeah. Best movie you've seen recently.
2: What was, what's the name of the one we were talking about last week that we were like, sorry to bother you. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah. I liked that movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And of course I'm loving the end of green Gables series. I know it's not a movie, but... Yeah. I love Anne of Green Gables so much. Anne with an E, it's called.
4: Yeah.
2: And the person that was involved with that also did um, Breaking Bad. Oh. Uh, so they cool. kind of, like, channel her PTSD as an orphan kid and, like, yeah. work that in there. So it's not just, like, hey, happy pigtails. Like, it's, it's really... Like developing yeah. the character. Oh. Ah, which cool. is nice. Yeah. yeah. What about you?
3: Yeah. For movies? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. There's so many. Um I recently saw Hereditary, I thought it was pretty rad. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm am it's a horror movie,
1: right? Yeah. I'm not nuts. I've never been a big horror guy. I you know? just stuff freaks me out too much I don't know (laughs) Uh,
2: I get geared (laughs)
1: man I literally I remember uh,
3: yeah yeah that's been a thing forever
4: no it's fair that's fair
3: yeah I definitely had a nightmare after watching it I didn't think like it was scary in the theaters but I went home being like oh yeah I'm over it and then I like yeah definitely I think I woke up like screaming kind of thing something like that it was like the dream was unrelated but i think it was just like the all the tension that was built up in the theater like carried yeah. with me and uh, yeah crazy
2: that means it's good because it stays with you
3: yeah <laughs> it's great i think colin stetson did the soundtrack
2: too oh yeah yeah it's pretty cool yeah oh,
3: i don't he, i don't know him. he
2: did another one didn't he that i saw recently
3: it's like a saxophone
2: the, oh okay. colin stetson's amazing yeah. okay yeah
3: i'll i will check it Tenor
2: out saxophone right
3: Mm, no, it's like the bass saxophone Base. or something, like the ginormous one. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Next question here: If you could open for any artist on the planet,
3: who would it be? Beck. Yeah, I plan. I don't know. Uh, it's funny. I might just bring back to Peter Gabriel. because <laughs> <I'm, laughs> I love his yeah. concerts. <laughs> yeah. But I would also like hate to open up for him because it'd be like how the how would I how would I? <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel like in some circles, too, like Beck would have a similar like reaction, at least, like, there's some really wild, great Beck stuff, and I'd imagine those shows are equally wild and great.
2: Yeah. like I'm not in love with his latest record, but I yeah. love going through his discography and listening to it so much. Like, There's so many amazing records that he's done.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, I've pretty much just listened to Odele, honestly, and it's really, really great
2: yeah try like try all of them, and just <laughs> <Yeah>. honestly, because <laughs> they're anything. so different, yeah. they're all so different, yeah, like mutations to see change to like, oh, I can't remember the name of my favorite ones right now, but um, anyway, yeah, yeah,
3: also like should I'm wondering like if the answer should be like, should I pick someone that I'd clearly be better at? <laughs> and just steal their yeah. crowd. We are way
4: too
2: in our heads right now. Yeah.
3: Like, who's, like, just good enough?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so what is the strangest job you've ever had?
2: I worked in a mental hospital doing suicide watch. okay. Yeah.
1: That would... God, that w- it, it must just be a difficult kind of environment to be surrounded by all the time.
2: I was, and I did the night shift, so 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Yeah, have to stay awake in the dark and watch and make sure the person didn't kill himself. If okay. they go to the bathroom, I have to go to the bathroom and watch and go to the bathroom. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was heavy.
4: Yeah, i don't And this
2: was back in, like, 2000. I got paid $7 an hour. <laughs> that's when it was... The, the minimum wage in Nova Scotia was five twenty five, and it was like, whoa, that's a good job, because it's above minimum wage. <laughs> now I'm really dating myself.
3: Yeah. <laughs> My job was <is> worse. K-days. <laughs> What's was that? It was like K-days. I think it's like, one of those, like... I think it's a stand with the hammer. You hit the thing really oh, yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah. What? That what's that? K days? Oh, you don't know it? No. Uh, yeah, it's basically like a Carney.
2: Oh, you were a Carney.
3: Yeah. Yeah, when what I was is in high worse? School.
2: In your opinion, what's worse, Suicide Watch or a Carney? <laughs> <laughs> well, you
3: have to watch me after that
1: job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first car
2: 1989 GMC rally. Okay. Tour van. It caught on fire 10 minutes after we bought it from a church group.
4: Oh. <laughs> I
2: spent $500 on it. Too.
1: Well, that's a very <laughs> good $500 story. two other people story.
2: spent yeah. $500, so $1,500. Okay. Yeah, it was a co-op group of, you know, bandmates that bought it.
3: Yeah. Uh, I had a Nissan Maxima. That's it's not an interesting story. No. It's <laughs> my, gran- my grandfather's car. And it was awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and he loves his grandfather.
1: Yeah. Uh, If you could hang out with any of your musical idols, I guess, would you choose to do so? And also, I guess, who would that be? Secondary question.
2: Uh, I'm sorry. We think too much.
3: (laughs) Sometimes I don't want to. I I think
2: no. I think no. Yeah. Because sometimes when you meet people, it just kind of ruins it yeah you know because we're all just people we all poop and pee we eat food and we sleep and you know like some people have different lifestyles but like you know i don't want to know the person i'm more into the music than i am the person no offense to the musician but you know
3: yeah Yeah. it's like i don't want to be let down yeah (laughs) although i did hear a great story um about the Uh, I won't say specifics, but there was a jazz festival and there was like a workshop group of uh, younger kids who were learning jazz This festival and I think they had to sign like a waiver that they couldn't talk to any of the other performers Like they weren't allowed to uh, interact Mm. and like bother them Um, But then apparently like they so they they opened up for Herbie Hancock and And after they played like their sound check, Herbie went backstage and was like, Oh, you guys sound amazing. and was like, I might be misquoting it, but he was like really stoked and like was really warm, welcoming. And he asked them all to like meditate with him before his show. Yeah. It was like the coolest guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. that sounds pretty red.
2: it's it's more fun to have that pleasant <laughs> surprise than it is to build somebody up and be disappointed
3: yeah right because then it's like you're, you're also not treating them like a human you're like looking at them like what are they gonna do you yeah. know right and you're not and
2: that's a lot of pressure on them too they're probably like oh my whole life is that don't do that yeah yeah yeah
1: because yeah, at a certain point they also want to just kind of come out and do the job they have to do and then
2: exactly
1: you know be a human yeah uh, is there a band or artist that you've been wanting to get into that you have not yet?
2: We're not so rapid fire for you, are we?
3: Don't think about it.
2: I feel like I just get into stuff and, or I don't, you know? Right. And sometimes I don't get why other people get this and I don't. <laughs> but I can't think of a single person that I could say that about right now.
1: There's I, I feel like there's so many people telling you things to listen to. Like hey, check this out, check this out, check and yeah. it's always like it's always like all really good, but it's just there's there's so much, I feel like, out there.
2: Yeah. I would love to explore like music from other places aside from the westernized world. Right. Um like sometimes I get really inspired by like, you know, I have this Afrobeat CD that's been in my car forever. But, like, every time I listen to it, I hear a new little nugget. And I'm like, I should listen to more gambling music or, like... Yeah. You know, s- s- like, just see what people are doing in, you know, Asia. Like, what's happening? Aside right. from my little bubble. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is there is there uh, something for you at all, Chris? Or?
3: Oh, yeah. Like, all the time. Um, I guess maybe, like, lately I've... I'd like to like spend more time checking out spectral music. Oh, or what like, is what like, is spectral music, I guess? I don't know how to even describe it. Um, it's I, guess I guess it's <laughs> kind of based <laughs> off certain uh, <laughs> <laughs> mathematical concepts and includes like a lot of microtonal
2: It's really concepts. dorky.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really dorky. It's like really new classical music. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I met someone in Banff who was working on um, a project there that involved spectral music and my my old roommate was really into it and yeah it's kind of really high really heavy concepts more like right. conceptual than musical it's almost taking away like any emotional element of from the music and making it all about these concepts they're based off of
2: patterns and
3: yeah patterns for sure okay and, and, and the uh, the overtone series gotcha yeah
2: it's 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 too, it, it's kind of like um like doing um brain teasers with by right. listening
3: Yeah, like, I think Zanakis wrote, like, a piece based off... the dimensions of a building, oh. mm-hmm. all the dimensions that was built off, and like all the ma- you know, all these structures were translated to an orchestra. Gotcha. Yeah, um,
2: it's basically like a musical PhD thesis. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I think, so one reason I like to get into it, because a lot of those things kind of turn me off instantly. When I hear about it, I'm like, oh, great, i never want to listen to that. <laughs> but whenever I do hear some of those kind of spectral composers live, um, or like performances of it of live, um, I find it really amazing. And it's kind of cool to be able to take out that emotional content, and kind of have a new sort of freedom with that music. Right. So, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to have time to get a bit deeper with that stuff, but it's pretty intense.
2: I'm the opposite. I just love the, f- the feelings that, that I get from music. Right. And anything that has, like, a, a neat groove, that maybe a type of groove that, you know, I don't get to hear very often is something that I'd like to get into.
1: Right, which I guess, yeah, particularly with, like, any kind of world music is...
2: Yeah, very, I don't want to like appropriate it. I just yeah. I just want to experience it. Right. I, w- I want to know. I want to understand. Like, how yeah. does it fit in the cultural um, spectrum for those people that make that music for and sure. the communities that enjoy it?
1: Yeah, even just the yeah, exposure to other kind of traditions of music. Yeah. Is valuable. Yeah. For sure.
2: For example, um, just not to go off too much, but um, David Botchwell who I was talking about, he's involved in this um, program called Make Music Matter. Okay. um, And he's essentially going to um, Congo in Africa, and um, a lot of women are victims of... Of, of extreme violence from the soldiers that come through town and stuff, right. and this is um, uh, this is a program that they've developed to um, give them opportunity to create their own music as a way of therapy to get through the uh, okay. the trauma they've experienced in their lives. Yeah, um, a lot of them, and this is heavy, but um, are victims of rape and they have the baby, and then they're, right. they feel disowned from the baby because obviously it was a traumatic experience to have that. Happen, and that's the result of it. So, a lot of this um, will help bond the women back to the baby and continue gotcha. trying to, to make that baby's life good too. Yeah. Um, and one of the artists actually did so well with one of these songs. Was they're, they're not musicians, right? So, right. Um, it's kind of like a whole, like, all encompassing experience to work with these people. Um, and uh, she created a song that got picked up by the Lion King. The, oh. the movie yeah. and they had to um they had to find a way to make it so that she could collect royalties and make make the money off of it Yeah, and they didn't expect it would go that far but they were like now they're trying to rebuild um a way a stream for them to uh copyright the music that they do make in these programs because people are hearing really emotional, authentic stuff. Right. And that was what, I can't tell you which piece it was for The Lion King, but it was like um, it became this whole battle of people trying to say they wrote it when really it wasn't them it was this woman and they saw it you know, be birthed and created and anyway, long story short, like that kind of thing is what I want to get into.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. So when you listen to music, do you normally listen to full albums or like kind of playlists or albums? Albums. Yeah.
2: albums? Uh, we're older. <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel that. Though, this too. whole
2: playlist right. world is hard for me to wrap my head around. I do love making playlists for myself. Yeah. For friends, like, a, but to me that's a mixtape. Right. Know? And now you're just doing it on a computer. Right. But...
4: <laughs> anyway, yeah.
2: it's a mixtape. <laughs>
1: And very last question here. Are there any hometown acts or bands that you guys are really into right now? In Toronto? Yeah. Or, or All no for sure.
2: They're cool. Um, I like Illan pipes.
3: They're cool.
2: Um, Kilimanjaro, who did our remix.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's who I want to be on our album release bill. <laughs> 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 um, Chris's partner, Tara, um, she's amazing
3: yeah Tara Kenangara
2: she's awesome awesome (laughs) I I mean really awesome
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah a friend of mine from uh, Edmonton who lives in Toronto Danielle Kanibbe is really great oh yeah I I know her oh cool yeah I love her music
2: Hooded Fang Hmm? Hooded Fang
1: oh I don't know them
3: uh what kind of stuff is it
2: it's rock it's like yeah it's good though yeah
1: excellent cool that's a
4: good
2: list right
1: uh, with that, uh, basically we're going to head out on a track, uh, which I believe is we're going to play that remix. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that, I guess, real quick?
2: Sure. Um, Luckiness was on our Able Island, and um, we we gave it to um, Con, Con,
3: Con, Con, Gunsberg.
2: Con? Con Gunsberg from Kilimanjaro to remix it. And we okay. just said, do what you do. Yeah. And uh, we gave him no direction. And he delivered us
1: this. Excellent. So, perfect well, we'll take a listen to that here uh chris and chris uh thank you very much for coming on in thank you uh thanks. good luck at the show tonight um yeah, thanks so much I'm sure it'll sound
4: great yeah
0: This episode of Inside the Art Studio was produced by Sean Newton. The featured track was played with permission from Language Arts. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowe Inside the artist Studio is one of many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.